Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the First and Ten Podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. It is your host, Dave Sturchio, alongside two of the premier writers of bloggingtheboys.com, Aiden Davis, Tony Catalina, you ye of little faith, you guys. Had no faith going into this game that the Dallas Cowboys would win this one, and not only win this one, but handedly win this one, 22-10 over the Los Angeles Rams, the defending, reigning, defending champion Los Angeles Rams. We dethroned the champs in their house. Felt really good. Um, you know, there's a lot to dive into, obviously. Uh, there's a lot of injury news to get to just because we saw a couple things happen throughout the course of this one. We'll update everybody as far as what we know as we record this at 820 on Sunday night. It is a victory Sunday night. And if you're listening to this on Monday morning, happy victory Monday. So, Tony, we'll start with you, bro. Um, as we always do, we kind of do like a knee jerk reaction. Obviously, you're trying to be more, you know, as realistic as possible going into this one. So that's why you were kind of kind of just, you know, treading lightly, thinking that the Cowboys, maybe the luck would kind of run out on them. Um, how are you feeling? I mean, we're, we're now an hour removed from the game. So how, how the dust has settled. How are we feeling? You know, it, it's crazy. Um, like, like you said, and you mentioned that we, I picked the Rams to win this game and I was just trying to be honest. I was trying to take my fan hat off and just be real for the listeners and just the people that, uh, you know, that, that tune in to listen to us. Cause they, they deserve that. Um, that I just thought, you know, I knew this defense was good. I just didn't know that they were special. You know what I mean? This defense is, is, is in rarefied air. you got guys like Micah Parsons and, you know, Demarcus Lawrence, guys that, you know, are banged up and they're still going out there giving everything they got. It's it's super impressive. Um, you know, I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I think we were talking about it before we, we get on here. It's This team has shown us so many times where it's like right when you feel like you can believe, then they rip the carpet right underneath your feet. So th- this team is kind of changing the narrative a little bit on that. And I, if you're sitting here and telling me you thought we we're going to be 4-1 after what we saw week one with Dak Prescott, I'd call you a liar because I definitely didn't believe it myself. No, there's not a single person on the planet that thought that the Cowboys would rip off four straight after losing QB1 and looking the way they did against Tampa Bay in week one. So nobody in out, I don't care who you are. There's nobody out there that can send me any receipts you can. There's no shot that you had this team 4-1. Aiden, now, obviously, we're going to talk a lot about the defense and how special they were today, including some of the special teams plays that they made on this team. But do you look at a, a game like this? And I'm not about to paint a bad picture, but like a 22 to 10 win, the the ground game was re- like really working out pretty well after a week where it didn't work at all. Right. So like we're looking at a, a transformation in play calling play styles. Is it almost like, all right, guys, look. We're four and one. We've won four straight with Cooper Rush, but clearly, clearly we're a better team with Dak Prescott as the quarterback because it is at this point, I know they ripped off four straight, but it's like you can't look at Cooper Rush and say like, oh, this is sustainable. No, and 
this is kind of what I've been saying for the last three weeks now, and I'm going to have to make this argument again. I don't want to come across as a Cooper Rush hater because he's done a great job as a backup quarterback. But let's all keep in mind, he is a backup quarterback, and he has not showed us anything that proves otherwise. He just won a game with 100 total passing yards. 104 <laughs> technically. the ball like 12 times. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and you look at the ground game. If you look at the final stats from the ground game, they're very deceiving because of the way that they were just literally killing clock at the end of the game. It was a lot better than what the stats would suggest. So, this game was won by Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. But more, I mean, it was won by the defense. And so let's, I, I get it, four straight wins. But Cooper Rush, guys, he is, he's a game manager and he's done a really good job about managing the games the last four weeks. Yeah, of course. We got to give the flowers and we got to give the respect to the man they call Cooper Rush. Four straight wins. Now, Tony, just based off of what you've done, the research you've done, the people you know in the know, Dak Prescott, of course, the first thing he does today is, is, is shake the hand of one of the sideline reporters and say, hey, look at that grip, huh? I'm looking good. What is your decision right now, knee-jerk? You're Mike McCarthy. You're Jerry Jones. You're everybody that can make that decision. Are we just riding this until Dak is 100% or is like, are we riding this until Dak can go? You know, I think the thing is, as soon as Dak is okay to play, I think they put him in. I don't think it's a real hard decision in that sense. And I know they were trying to help him, you know, protect himself because he's the guy that pushes the limit. He's always trying to attack his rehab. And and sometimes he puts himself in less than ideal situations when you try to go too hard. All that being said, by the time kickoff Sunday night in Philadelphia happens, they'll be roughly around the five week mark of his of his surgery. So it's right there in line. So I don't think it's too early. I think we all thought the Rams game might have been slightly early. But everything you hear, I know, I know Ian Rappaport came out and said, like, you know, this it would be a, a long shot or a stretch, but I think Dak shaking Rinaldi's hand, and they mentioned it during the telecast. I think that was his way of being like, all right, that might be a little exaggerated. Like this grip is strong, like the swelling is down. Um, I think I think it's gonna be super important. And Jerry Jones actually spoke to uh the media after the game, like he always does, and said he doesn't know what Dak's week's gonna look like, but he anticipates him throwing the football a lot this week. So they did say that's what it would take for him to be able to throw the football and practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, that remains to be seen, but I feel really good about his prospects of playing Sunday night. Yeah, I do too, just based off that. And yeah, I heard Jerry. Uh, with the media right after the game, and I believe he said he was going to wear some of the Rams jewelry. I don't know. I, I, I like that was a little bit of a a Jerryism right there. Like, well, we're going to go out there and take their rings and wear them, and it's going to be like, oh, okay, cool, Jerry. <laughs> Please stop talking. Um, <laughs> so Jerry Jones always having a good time. A big win, obviously, for the Cowboys. Uh, eight and four and one now, and, and we flip it over to the defense. Obviously, look, the the offense did what they had to do, and I think that's a testament. And and. I think it's time. Maybe you can agree or disagree. Is it time that we kind of back off of Mike McCarthy a little bit? I mean, going into this season, we're looking at Sean Payton and we're looking at all these options and what, you know, how many games is it going to take for McCarthy to be fired? Right. And all of a sudden, like Dak Prescott goes down and there's your built in excuse. But he turned that built in excuse, flipped it on its script. And all of a sudden the Cowboys are four and one. How much do you credit Mike McCarthy for this uh, this stretch of the last month? I'm. It's very easy to put this, these last four wins on Dan Quinn. You can look at the points per game and say, yeah, it's yeah, it's Dan Quinn. I, but this is, once again, and they mentioned it during the broadcast, here, which it was excellent that they pointed out. McCarthy, always he's always the first one to receive blame, and he's the last one to receive his flowers. He deserves his flowers right now because he has – this entire team, from all the quotes we're seeing, the fact that he said the, we're nobody's under – 
there's just a confidence about this team and just a swagger, especially on defense, that I that that's coming from the top. That's coming from McCarthy. And I'm also gonna take it a step further. I hate to do this. I'm gonna give Jerry Jones a little bit of flowers. We walked into the season saying we walked into the season saying they did nothing this offseason. This team that has no depth. And all we've seen this year is the fact that they are a very deep team and a very good team that is a clearly they're a clearly talented roster. I, I'm going to whisper it because I don't like saying it, but Jerry, a little bit of kudos. Oh, my goodness. OK, well, I, listen, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in team building. And McCarthy said it after the game. He said that, you know, this defense was special last year and it just carried over into the offseason. And now we, we add the pieces. But, you know, it's it's so crazy every time. And I don't know if you guys do the same thing. Maybe I'm just a psycho. But like every time Dorrance Armstrong makes a play, I'm like, that's why you can let Randy Gregory walk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we had a guy that's similar in stature and similar in skill and now is showing it on paper. Tony, talk to me a little bit about your going into the year expectations to Dorrance Armstrong and what he's done. Because tonight he gets the strip sack fumble in the beginning of the game that turns into a touchdown at Demarcus Lawrence who goes rumbling down the field. He blocks a punt pretty much untouched. I don't know what the heck they were even thinking over there. Our our, our friend over there, Joe DeCamillis, uh, just didn't have the protection right. And, you know, he goes walking in and blocks a punt. Talk to me a little bit more about Dorrance Armstrong. I mean, the guy is a, a super talented, physically gifted uh, football player, right? I think the guys that see him every single day understand what he can bring to the table. And he's, and it's just, it's mostly our fault, right? That he goes untalked about. We're always talking about Demarcus Lawrence, talking about Micah Parsons. We even throw in, you know, Dante Fowler as the pass rushers, but. Dorrance Armstrong just quietly, and maybe it's because he's not in front of the media, he's not in front of the spotlight, he just goes out there and does his job. I think Jerry Jones, I think Will McClay, I think the people that assembled this team understood that they would like to have Randy Gregory. There's no denying they offered him a contract, right? They, they wanted Randy Gregory here, but they knew what they had in Dorrance Armstrong. And I feel like regardless of how that Randy Gregory situation worked out, Dorrance Armstrong was still going to be here with his with his um, his um opportunities to make that play. Uh, he's just going out there and, and making the most of his opportunities opportunities like it's special teams that, that that's what's so key about this team it's so interesting is you see guys like kelvin joseph who doesn't win the job you know at the corner right anthony brown holds him off so he's a demon on special teams right you, somebody like that could get down and but instead he just channels it and comes one of the best special teams players on this team doris armstrong like i said he's one of the, the premier pass rushers on the team he's going out there blocking punts almost weekly at this point so it, it's just a testament to what this team has done and, and the and the makeup they have within uh within that locker room I, I also want to point out the fact that, Tony, you talked about underappreciated players on the defensive line. Sam Williams has looked like a beast right now. I, I truly believe every single defensive end on the Cowboys roster right now would have been starting in 2014 if they had the chance. Like these, we have so many good defensive ends. It's insane. Yeah, it's, it's again, once again, testament to the draft, testament to the front office. Those are guys that, these are the guys that bring these guys in. And, and look, um, I don't know if either of you are able to provide an update about Demarcus Lawrence. If I'm not mistaken, when he went down, um, you know, it looked like he was a little bit of a friendly fire situation where he went down as far as the defensive line is concerned. That's why I'm bringing him up. But did he ever go back into the game? I don't think so. Right. He never went back in after that. Right, Tony? He never went into the game, but there was a couple of context clues that makes me feel better about it. He was on a knee. He wasn't getting checked out medically. He had his helmet with him, and he spoke to the media after the game. I think okay. those are some of the context clues that you feel pretty good about that. He also he walked off the field after that. I think if 
looking at the clip, don't, didn't you guys get the sense that it kind of looked like a head injury, which we know. Oh, the yeah. NFL, yeah. You know what the NFL. Yeah, we know the NFL is going to handle that. Yeah. Well, so either head, head or, you know, it's either head or neck, right? I mean, the way you got hit, it almost could have had a whiplash type of effect. And you know how they're going to handle those type of things. But well, we'll see what happens. Well, all you got to do is say it's a back injury and you'll be fine. You can be yeah, clear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, according to sources uh, beyond our control. All right. So obviously that's the Demarcus Lawrence thing. Tony and Aiden, both of you can shed some light on this. Me personally, I think that Micah Parsons, and, and look, you, you try to, and me and Tony were talking about this very briefly in, in the pre-show, is that, you know, when you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, just based off the last 30, 30 years, you know, it's felt like no matter what good comes of a Cowboys team, you're waiting for the bad, right? You're waiting for the negative. You're waiting for the, the key thing to happen. Now, when Dak Prescott goes down to week one, we're all saying like, well, there it is. You know what I mean? Like we were all hyped about the season. You know, we were kind of optimistic about everything. Dak Prescott goes down where everybody's like, oh, there, there's the shot. There's the, the shot of death. The, the, you know, the, the Grim Reaper is here. Like it's, but then they turn it around. Aiden, are you able to right now? And I know me and Tony kind of talked about it before you got on. Are you able to shake the stigma right now? Can you start to believe that this Dallas defense, regardless of what happens when, you know, look, Micah Parsons is shaken up. He's going to deal with a groin. My assumption is the entire week going into Philly, he's going to be limited and labeled as questionable. That's just one of those things you can almost put a guarantee on, unless just miraculously he wakes up tomorrow with no pain, which I doubt. But is it time for Cowboys fans in general to kick the stigma of waiting for something bad to happen? Because this defense, to me, right now, I've been alive for 37 years. This is the best defense I've ever seen out of a Dallas Cowboys team. And I'm, and I'm not even, it's not even close. And I, I think that's the key to the reason we can start to get more optimistic is because if you look at the seasons where the shoe did drop after a period where we were optimistic, we're talking about like 2008, 2014, 2016, even you can even throw last year. I'd be happy to throw last year into that as well. It was all, it was, those were all just great Cowboys offenses that were carrying them. Now the defense was solid last year, a little bit boom bust. But with a, when you have a solid defense, like the defense that the Cowboys have right now, where it's they're winning them games, that's there's so much more consistency in that. Because, I mean, it's not like Micah Parsons is going to wake up and forget how to pass rush. the He's, he's not going to forget how to get to the quarterback. Dak's going to have bad games. Zeke's going to have bad games. But I got like, it's really difficult for defenses to fluctuate like that. So that's the reason I'm getting a little bit more optimistic. But I will say, as the off other offenses in the NFL start clicking a little bit more, I mean, we're talking about like the Bengals, the Rams, like offenses that start slow. Once they find a little bit con more consistency, it's there's going to be more points hung on the Cowboys than what well, the ten points we saw today. Yeah, I mean, from uh, Rinaldi on the sidelines, I believe he said this is the first team since 1972 for the Cowboys to hold each of their first five opponents under 20 points, or at least five in a row of that regard. But like. Y'all would know it. I know none of us were alive, but my dad was, and he told me that the Cowboys won the Super Bowl that year. So, and, I mean, look, we know the 72 Dolphins are the 72 Dolphins, and they went undefeated. But before that, <laughs> I think they're the season that he's referring to as the season that the Cowboys won the bowl. But, um, I mean, look, my, my question to, to Tony now, segueing into stay, staying with the defense for a second, when the Diggs play happens and he lets up the big play to Cooper, uh, Cooper Cup, right, slant route, he's got to step on him, and he just burners off to the races. Do you, do you tread like, like, you know, just walk me through it. What's your thought process when that happens? 
well, you understand, right? Diggs is always at least what we've seen over him the last year and a year and some changes that he's always mostly the superior athlete to the guys he's playing, right? He goes out there, he plays with swagger, he plays with confidence. Cooper Rush is is that guy. You know what I mean? Cooper Rush is the triple crown winner from last year. Like football is football is boxing in in Cooper in some, Cup, by the way. Sorry, what did I, I keep saying Rush. Yeah, Cooper listen, Cup. There's no hey, fault. There's no fault to have Cooper. <laughs> I can rush on my rush mind, baby. Yeah. <laughs> listen, rush on my mind. 102 passing yards. But uh <laughs> Cooper Cup, excuse That's me. Right. Cooper Cooper Cup is the triple crown winner. That guy's gonna make plays, right? I mean, he he's one of those people that like when Diggs does his things where he takes chances, Cooper Cup is the type of guy that can make you pay for that. And we saw that. He tries to cut underneath on a slant route. The guy's just as fast, just as athletic, and, and he's a speed demon. And my buddies are trying to give me um, some BS about it. I'm like, that's football. I mean, what do you think, that he's going to shut everybody down? I know you know, pro football focus and, and Twitter trolls are going to love that. But at the end of the day, that's the only touchdown they scored. And we're, and and like I'm, I don't take, take it what it is. Like These guys get paid too. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup gets paid handsomely, and he's probably the best receiver in football. And and you know what? Another credit to the team that you can't get too low when this kind of stuff happens because you see this massive play, and you're like, oh, no, here we go. But the response is Tony Pollard, house call. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you're waiting for these things to, like, when, when Cup takes it, and you're like, oh, all, all hope is lost, and it's deflating, and it's like, here they are. I can't believe they're winning now. You know what I mean? Like, But there he goes. Like, Tony Pollard has himself a day, has himself a run. Um, look, there's a lot of optimism in the air right now. And the four and one Dallas Cowboys are now sitting there tied for second, technically in second alone with a win over the Giants. Um, and of course, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, I wanted to uh, the things I wanted uh, to tell to the, uh, the the Cardinals kicker at the end of that game. Uh, but hey, listen, I, I'm trying to be polite. Um, as far as some of the game moments um, of this one, the ones that stand out to me, one in specific because I did see a lot of uh, tweets and I was one of them, you know, chiming in the decision to kick a field goal uh, at the end of the game to go up 22 to 10, rather than try to go for the, like the jugular there at 19, 10 fourth and one. Now the momentum is on the Cowboys side there, but like I'm not a big analytical guy and I'm not like, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm a more of a gut feeling guy, but even in my deepest of gut feelings, with that time remaining, it is frustrating that you can't get touchdowns, right? But man, oh man, those points were absolutely needed at that time. There's no shot in hell you should be going for it. Tony, do you agree? I 100% agree. You know, I I was I had a tweet fired up and they were lining up. I'm like, man, it's going to take some massive South Park type balls to go for this. Like, I just, I if they did it and it worked out, it, we'd be singing the praises. If it didn't work, we'd be crushing them over it. But no, you're absolutely right. Nine points is a lot different than 12. Two touchdowns is a lot different than a touchdown and a field goal to win the game. So in, in that moment, I like playing the little chess match with them a little bit there, but they absolutely did the right thing. Aiden, do you agree? I disagree on this oh. one. I'm oh, now, now, now let me say this entire segment. Go ahead. <laughs> there, there are a lot more egregiously bad decisions to kick it. Like I wasn't heartbroken over. I wasn't yelling at my TV. Go for it. Go for it. I would have liked to see them go for it. I was content with the field goal. The one, my, the reason that I think they should have gone for it is because this season, all we've seen from Mike McCarthy is hyper aggressiveness when you have Cooper Rush as a quarterback and like fourth down against the Bengals in their own territory. They went for it on fourth down early on against the Giants. It 
and the, I, they paid off and it's just when moments like that hit i think it's just such a confidence boost for the rest of the team like yeah our coach trust trust us enough to pick up this one yard fourth down against the reigning super bowl champions and so well, they I convert guess. that they convert that for, they convert that fourth down i think they can run the clock out to like three minutes and the game is over at that point and and while i agree with the fact that like uh, you know, the brass sized balls of McCarthy, if he would have went for it there, that would have been just, you know, uh, unreal, right? If he would have got it. But here's my thing, you know, and just knowing based off the past and knowing the game of football, if you don't, if you go for it and you don't get it and the lead is still nine, the Rams only have to go about 40 yards before they're kicking a field goal first because they know they have to have two scores. And that makes it a onside kick type game. And, and you're like, oh boy, you know what I mean? Like, if you know, that the Dallas Cowboys only gave up one touchdown the entire game, and then you make it a two-touchdown game, meaning they would have to give up three touchdowns to lose this game, that's why it's like the no-brainer for me, man. You take those points, you take it to the house, you know your defense has been playing all world the entire night, and that's why you just you just do it. You just, you just but, get the points. But on the same page, you know your defense has been playing all world the entire night, so if you don't pick up the fourth down, it was that was at what? They were at like the 30-yard line? 20-yard line? Something to that effect, yeah. Like, the Rams would have then had to drive 80 yards against a defense that had not surrendered a touchdown after. Devil's advocate, the the the, the Rams are very good at these explosive plays, and if there were another one would have broke, then all of a sudden we're sweating one out, we're up by two. You know what I'm saying? It's like, listen, I, I, I'm not about to sit here and go back and forth. All I'm saying is, in that regard, I me, I believe you take the points, and, and they did that, and the Cowboys defense came up and showed up anyway. Um, and, and there's just a lot to take away from this game. And, and again, rush yards were premium. The coaching, good. The the play calling, I had no problem with any of the play calling outside of maybe a couple times where they threw on first down and they put themselves behind the chains a little bit. But I was just like, eh, whatever. They'll, they'll back it up. The defense has been playing all world. It's one thing to get this win and get it behind us. And now it's another NFC win, which at the end of the day, those are the more valuable ones. Tony. If you just off the top of your head, and you probably don't know this, this is probably a little bit deeper. And I actually put this as a tweet on Friday. Is there another backup quarterback or any quarterback for that matter to beat the AFC and NFC champion the following year? I don't know, but I would be hard pressed to think that's actually uh, something that's happened. <laughs> you not know, bad, right? <laughs> right, not bad. You know well, what's funny though is I like yeah. I, since we're here to talk about Jerry Jones and give him his praises like Aiden did. When when Jerry Jones said, "Wouldn't it be something?" If that if Cooper Rush played well enough that we'd have this conversation. Now I know the fans are out of their mind. I think that Cooper Rush could take Jack's job, but we're four and zero here. So if this is the worst thing we got to deal with all week, then fire me up for it. Yeah, no, I'm, listen, it's going to be a fun week. The all eyes will be on Dak Prescott and the gripping of the football. That's really what I mean. You just imagine how many people are going to try to zoom in on his grip of the football. It's going to be hilarious, actually. If you really think about it, like Twitter is going to be full of just balls <laughs> i'm talking about the gripping of dak prescott's football and it's like i don't know i, I find it's gonna be fun ask rinaldi uh, about his uh his broken knuckles from the handshake that <laughs> that dak gave him so we'll, we'll let you know about the grip by the by the way i just looked it up just for the sake of the argument the win percentage if you go for it is 94 percent. the win percentage if you Kick a field goal, ninety-four percent. So it's literally uh, it's six one way half yeah. a dozen. Right, I'm, just trying, to bury, I'm just trying to bury those who said uh, you know they want touchdowns instead of field goals. Uh, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> I'm going to put that on the bed. 
so now look, we got to do this. Uh, we got to look forward a little bit. I know there's a, a lot of more content coming your way on the blog and the boys podcast network. There's going to be coverage of this game. There's going to be coverage of the, as we turn the page and we move to Philadelphia, but I, I find it hard pressed to, to go a podcast and go into this podcast and this week without talking about the Eagles just real quick. And like I said, I don't want to preview the Eagles too much. I want to leave that to the rest of the guys on the network, but Aiden, when you look at this Philadelphia Eagles team who are now five and oh, um, and, and they look really good. And they've played a lot of good offense. I, I still firmly believe, and you can back me up or you can disagree. Do you feel like they've been tested yet? I mean, I know they're coming close to these games and they spotted Jacksonville 14 and you had Arizona field goal away from tying it, right? But do you feel like they've been actually tested by a quality football team? I mean, their biggest test so far has been the game today against the Cardinals. And how much of a test are the Cardinals? Like, I still don't really know what to make of the Cardinals. I think they're a I think mediocre, middle of the road. I just think, I think they're middle of the road. They might contend for, like, the eighth seed. And they were a field goal away, a missed field goal away from sending it to overtime today. The one thing I'm – I don't want to preview this too much. The one thing I am terrified about is I love our defensive line. I would argue it's the best in the NFL. They do let quarterbacks scramble a little bit, so I am gonna. I am a little bit afraid of Hurts getting out of the pocket. And and, and Tony, uh, in that same breath, um, the fact that uh, that Micah Parsons will be legitimately hobbled. I don't say he misses the game. I don't think that's a thing. I don't think he'll even let you. Would have to literally like glue him to a bench to not have him in that game. Um, do you honestly think that, given the fact that Micah Parsons is kind of banged up? Is there a shadow movement? Like, do we have to shadow a guy like Jalen Hurts and just kind of keep your eyes on him at all times? Because, look, their design runs are plentiful, right? They 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 do that on purpose. They have a very good rushing attack. And then if, if, they, if it's not working, you got the A.J. Browns and Devonta Smiths and even the, the Dallas Goddard's underneath. Like, this offense is equipped, you know? Do you, do you feel like this will be, the obviously, the biggest test for this Dallas defense uh, in this early uh, early season? I think it. I think it will be. I think you know. Um, I'm very dismissive of the Eagles in most in most instances. And you know, when you win, you win, right? So ultimately, um, you, you take it for what it's worth. At the end of the day, they're five and zero, but they did struggle a little bit defensively against the Detroit Lions team that lost to Bailey Zappi, a third string quarterback for the Patriots. And you know, like you said, Arizona isn't world beaters in any sense of the of the of the of the word. But you know, somebody like Jalen Hurts. Um, this uh, this Eagles offense, it, it's going to be a challenge for the Cowboys, but I think we match up well. I mean, our cornerbacks and our and our secondary as a whole is is a quality matchup for this Eagles this team. Now you're saying you were talking about kind of shadowing Jalen Hurts a little bit there. It doesn't have to be Micah Parsons. They always go three safeties here. What if it's J. Ron Curse who's kind of got the shadow? He can match him athletically. He's bigger. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that plays with a little bit of tenacity. Um, they they run the ball well because of you know of Jalen Hurts obviously in that threat with his legs, but when when a deep when a defense as deep and as as skilled as this Cowboys defense schemes up and is prepared for that, I think they're less inclined to let something like that happen, right? When it's Daniel Jones and you know we got legs, but like you're not really overly focused on that. He might get off and he might run run some plays. You know what Jalen Hurts is about. You know he's a he's a one read, two read guy and then he's off. So you play you pass rush a little differently. You play defense a little differently. Um uh, this is gonna be a big game. I wonder if the Eagles are gonna come in and we can play this later. Um if they're gonna come in too emotionally charged up on like a Sunday night football against their fans, they they might go ahead and, and kind of puke over themselves because you know, like that's the thing. Like the Eagles haven't been in this type of situation in a while, and the Cowboys play with house money, especially if Dak isn't a hundred percent. You come in there four and one against the Eagles, you're expected to lose. Like, well, we'll see what happens. Aiden, do you think there's a um, 
an impending argument. Like if Dak Prescott, for whatever reason, continues to trend upward and he goes in there and we lose the game, are, are you prepared? Are you mentally prepared? Are you even physically prepared for your eyes to see all the crap you're about to read on Twitter that we got to go back to Cooper Rush? Oh, oh, you're talking about crap from Cowboys fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fun, right? <laughs> it's 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 gonna happen. Like, yeah, it's it's gonna happen, and you just have to know that. Okay. Uh, one one thing I'll say is, I'm hoping that our defense gives Dak the same treatment that they've been <laughs> giving Cooper Rush the last four weeks. Because if Dak comes in and that's the one game our defense allows like 27, 28 points, I'm gonna be so upset. <laughs> you you know, Steve Young kind of crush for this when he said that uh Dak should look at Cooper Rush and take notes a couple weeks ago and uh, as a whole when you hear that it's kind of like slap in the face but ultimately there is some res- recipes that the Cowboys could take from the way they're handling Cooper Rush Dak is extremely more talented than him way more of an um, explosive offensive player but Dak doesn't have to go out there and, and and make you know churn butter every single time he's out there my man just got to go out there and just play through the offense and it'll be enough with that defense Oh, that's that's exactly what I was thinking about, man. As as we approach, you know, the Philadelphia week with the potential of Dak Prescott coming back and and returning, I feel like if we ran this game plan and we ran like this and this defense played the way they're playing, like this offense is one thousand percent better. You know what I mean? Like there, there's a couple times tonight where I'm like, Dak wouldn't have taken that sack, or Dak would have hit that throw. And there was a couple times I said that out loud, and then like, and then you're like, all right, well, we're still winning the game, so I don't care, right? You know what I mean? Like whatever, we're still winning. But like, in reality, I'm looking at this team and I'm like, okay, this team, if they just, the recipe is the simple recipe that they use tonight, that, that defenses have to respect the pass option right now. There were so many times that Greg Olson on the broadcast was like, well, you you know, they're going to force the, you know, force Cooper rush to throw. Like you want to be like, yeah, dude, force Dak to throw, go ahead. You know what I mean? Like there could be a a completely different narrative that if Dak Prescott's behind center. You know, this might piggyback off of what you said there, but um, the running game is going to benefit when Dak comes back, right? Because that, like you said, the passing attack is much more of a legitimate threat. I think the the way they call the game is going to be a little bit more aggressive. Like those fourth and short, third and shorts, they're going to hurry up, get to the line. They feel more confident with Dak Prescott under center. You know, those those situations when they got one timeout, two timeout with a minute 37 at the half, they're probably going to be more inclined to try to go down the field 70, 75 yards to go and get get six rather than three or, or just go into the half happy. Uh, this team has a recipe of how to handle it no matter who's under center but Dak Prescott allows them to open it up and be a little bit more aggressive and just an overall better offensive football team so you talk Tony you mentioned Steve Young's quote and I do the one thing I think I'd like for Dak to realize while watching Cooper Rush maybe not learn it from Cooper Rush is he doesn't need to take as many risks when he comes back like the only way this defense is giving up points is an explosive play like we saw today, or if you put the other, if you set up the other offense in favorable situations via turnover or any other mistake, or or a quick, so, a quick or a quick three and out, and they're and yeah, they're, they're only gonna blow. Exactly. So it's I'd like Dak to realize, okay, this season let's lean on the defense and let's not take as many risks. With that said, I don't want him to lose the type of quarterback he is. Still take shots down the field, just do it and do it in moderation. I think they have a really good chance to uh, to do bigger and better things. So before we get out of here, 
two things, two topics to cover real quick. First, our game balls. Aiden, I'll, I'll let you lead off. I'll let the two guys that thought we were going to lose the game lead off and give out game balls first, and then I'll give it back to myself, who said the Cowboys would win, but then secretly said they would lose right after the air, and then I predicted the Cowboys would lose on another podcast three days later. But I digress with all that stuff. Aiden, who's your game ball going to, bro? I mean, nah, I'm, I'm, no, I, I'm not going to do the obvious. I'm actually going to go with one that might be surprising given everything I said the offseason. I'm giving the game ball today to Ezekiel Elliott because hey. nothing, it it wasn't sexy yards, but it was just a consistent three, three, four, five, three, four. It's just like, this is exactly what we need. And yes, you're selling out to stop Zeke. He's still gaining three yards. It was, it was just, I love the way that they played it today. And also, I don't, this is just a random memory, but he had one like little cut where he cut outside and he was in like, he had nothing but room in front of him. And I was like, that's vin- that cut was vintage Zeke. I loved that cut. So yeah, I get it. Alice, he's got, he's playing with some juice. He's playing with some juice indeed. And, and, and nobody, I mean, you know, maybe me and Tony are like president of the fan club at this point where, when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott. So we're out there still yelling from the mountaintops. Tony, who's your uh, game ball going to, you know, I really wanted to go Dorrance Armstrong, but just knowing what, Everything Michael Parsons did to stay on that field, I have to give it to the Lion. You know, he, my man is, you know, he said it post game and he was dealing with the groin pulse since the first quarter. He's saying he was unable to really run and kind of change direction and cover too well, but he was able to get after the passer and big third downs, big plays at the end of the game. My man came up with two sacks. It's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's almost cheating to say Michael Parsons every week because the guy is such an outstanding impact on, on the game, even that isn't, the, excuse me, that's on the statistics. But at the same time, Michael Parsons, man, you know, get healed up. That man doesn't need practice this week. Let him be limited if he needs to be. But I have to give the game ball to, to Michael Parsons because the kid is just an absolute stud. Just get him on the old uh, resistance bands the entire week. Just just stretch him out and make sure he's good to go. Um, now, look, it would be very easy for me to give anybody on the defense a game ball just based off of how much, how well they played. Um, and then, obviously, Aiden went with the, the Ezekiel Elliott. I love that. Um, you could also talk about, you know, just game management with Cooper Rush. But, look, none of this happens, and you guys are football X's and O's guys. None of this stuff happens tonight offensively, especially on the ground, without that entire offensive line. I'm giving the game ball to the entire offensive line. Each one of them can share a piece of this one because them blocking the way they did tonight showed me that, yes, the Washington Commanders were a good run defense, but when there's a susceptible run defense, they will bully you, and that's what they did tonight, and that's why they were able to run the ball as effectively as they did. So my game ball goes to the offensive line, so shout out to those big guys up front. Now. Before we get out of here, I know it's a week away. I know at this time right now, we'll probably be almost just one quarter deep. Uh, but we're here to make predictions. And, I, you know, obviously this could change throughout the course of the week. But your knee, uh, your your I guess your knee-jerk reaction slash gut feeling, Aiden, are the Dallas Cowboys, regardless of who's that quarterback, regardless, can they beat the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night in Philadelphia? Yeah, since we don't have a pod to pre- – preview the show i'm just gonna make my bold prediction right now if dak plays the cowboys win by 30 points (laughs) wow (laughs) i think there's something about dak where dak owns the eagles and specifically he's been owning jalen hurts trayvon diggs will pick him off five i don't know i'm i'm riding high off today if dak plays i think it's an absolute blowout if cooper rush plays i'll i'd probably still get 
give the Cowboys the three, four point win. You're going to get a lot of uh, a lot of credit over there on the old Twitterverse once people hear this one. Uh, Tony, where are you going with the Cowboys Eagles game? Yeah, there is a lot to sort out, right? If Dak Prescott plays, it, it, it's a totally different game, right? It's a t- it's a totally different situation. If I think the Cowboys are going to win, man, I, I'm done picking against this team, right? I, I I try to go, and we talked about it in the pre-show. We're trying to project things we've seen in the past and say like, okay, this is going to happen because we've seen this team, you know, fumble this before or do that before. This team is different. I mean, this team, this defense is as legitimate as the defenses I've seen in my entire life. Um, this offense without Dak is done just enough, right? And I think they have the Eagles number. If Dak Prescott is playing in this football game, I, I don't say 30, but I say a double-digit victory over the Eagles. And I, I really do think that there's going to be some emotional charge by the Eagles. I think they're going to feel it. I think they might just get too amped up for this game because obviously the Eagles, everybody that plays the Cowboys, it's it's a lot bigger of a deal for them than it is for us. Um, they're 5-0. and They're definitely going to feel themselves. And the Eagles aren't going to go undefeated. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why not this week? So I think the Cowboys get it done. Yeah, the Cal- uh, the the Philadelphia Eagles came into this year with the thir- the thirty second hardest schedule in the league. So we all, just so we're all aware, that's how it all p- shook out. And the Cowboys were at thirty, I believe. So both of these guys, both of these teams, are are having some favorable schedules. Um, maybe not the Cowboys on the early go. And I mean, if anybody had them four and one, even with Dak Prescott in there, it's kind of like, oh, really? You know, like okay. And then like you think and you look ahead, and it's like, all right, well, they're the Lions, they're there, and. The Bears are there, and you're like, oh, God, what's happening? And then you get the Packers who can't beat the Giants, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, hold, hold on here. Can the Cowboys never lose again? Um, I'm looking at this game simply as this. If Dak Prescott plays, I got this feeling that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to just play this up and, and, and make this feel like it don't matter who's in there. It don't matter. You know, like they're going to they're gonna, they're feeling themselves a little bit right now, as they should. A 5-0 team should absolutely feel themselves. But do not overlook one of the better defenses in football. They have not been tested defensively yet. They have not. I'm sorry. There's nobody out there that has shown me anything when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles. And not for nothing, the Eagles have let up a lot of points as well. Okay? They've let up a lot of points, especially to a team today, like the Lions, who didn't score. You know what I mean? Like So that defense could be had. If Dak Prescott's in, it's double digits. If Dak Prescott's not in, the Cowboys want a close one maybe by five, six. Okay, but the Cowboys are going to win this game. They're going to go into Philadelphia and win this game, and people are going to start really, really chirping us up. And that's an unfortunate thing for Cowboys Nation because people are really going to start coming out behind the sheds and say, "Hey, I was here the whole time. I swear to God." You know what I mean? Like, and that's fine. We all expect that. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Cowboys are rolling right now. And if Micah Parsons is healthy and Demarcus Lawrence gets back out there, and the rotation stays the way it is, and they play sound defense, look, I'm not saying that the Cowboys can can, can do what they did the first five weeks of the season against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that the Eagles are a higher powered offense, but if you can hold the Eagles to a 20 and you can put up a 24 or a 27, then you win this game. You know, that's just math, man. You know what I mean? Like I know that's stating the obvious, but it, you can, you're allowed to let up 20 points in an NFL game and still win it. It's just the Cowboys are doing above and beyond right now. You know what I mean? They're, they're holding teams to literally the Cowboys have given up five touchdowns in five weeks. That's it. You know, that's just it's a mind numbing stat. It's a 2000 Ravens stat like that. That's what we're looking at right now. So it's just it's it's pretty incredible. I'm pretty excited. Cowboys should get the win. Final thoughts, gentlemen. Anything, Tony? Yeah, I mean, we're recording this. It's about to be 9 p.m. Eastern time in uh, the uh, the East Coast. Uh, Eagles players are already tweeting about it being Cowboys week. 
So I I just said it a couple minutes ago. I didn't see the tweet before this. Kevon Wallace for the for the Eagles already saying it's Dallas week. Games against the Cowboys will always mean more to the players playing us than the other way around. I'm telling you, and this will probably be my my topic of the week in every show I'm on. The Eagles are going to make this game much bigger than it has to be, and I think they're going to throw up all over themselves for it. So I. And- it, and no, I'm just saying it's funny you say that, you know, uh, throwing up all over themselves and then their fan base will definitely re-eat that vomit, which is insane <laughs> to me that, that that species of a human being out there in Philadelphia are those kind of people. So I don't know if I cut off your final thought there. No, but, no, that's it. <laughs> Aiden, hit me with a final thought, bro. Three real quick final thoughts. Three. Number one, right. I'm guaranteeing a pick from Trayvon Diggs next week because he always picks off Jalen Jalen Hurts. Number two, Nick Sirianni, please wear the beat Dallas shirts again. You cheesy please, moron. Please. Love it. Number three, CeeDee Lamb, if you could stop dropping the football, you'd be such a better receiver. Please stop I, dropping the football. I must Bold text strategy. My, I must text my friends at least once a once a week saying, like, take that 88 off him right now. I, I can't do this anymore. You know, and like he'll redeem himself within the next like the calendar five seconds. And you're like, all right, never mind. You can you can have it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and look, yes, I think Cooper Rush's stat line tonight would have been. A, not, a little gaudier had they made a couple more extra catches. Like if Gallup catches that ball, a lot of people are saying he was gone. You know what I'm saying? So like, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of missed opportunities, but to win the game by double digits with missed opportunities, you got to feel good about the Dallas Cowboys right now at four and one. So for Dave Sturcho, Tony Catalina, and of course, Aiden Davis, this has been another episode of the first and 10 podcast. Be sure guys to tune in to all of the content on the blogging, the boys podcast network. We're kicking you guys off with a victory Monday. Enjoy the rest of the week. I'm not going to say it's Eagle Week because we don't care. We're just going to go out there and take care of business. Let the Eagles do the chirping. That's what they do. And we'll do the winning. Take care, guys.